Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 245. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me. He is back home in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Me, I am here in uh, Dallas, Texas, my hometown. Actually, uh, a little bit outside of Dallas, Texas, to be honest with you right now. My, at, uh, at my dad's house right now, taking a little family trip, a little, little bit of a, a family holiday before kind of Christmas and stuff gets here. Came here to Dallas in a, a, little, a little combo trip. There's a, a jiu-jitsu tournament this weekend as well. There's a Naga tournament in Duncanville, Texas, which is right by where I grew up in DeSoto, Texas, where my mom still lives. So uh, the little man will be uh, competing in that BJJ tournament on Saturday morning. And we thought, man, it'd be kind of cool to to go to Dallas and uh, have a little family Christmas with my parents, kind of early Christmas, so to speak, and then have the jiu-jitsu tournament for my, for my uh, kid as well. So... Uh, fun times, fun times. I uh, flew in this morning. We always sit down on a uh, on a Thursday evening, as we always do. Flew in this morning from Vegas. Went to my mom's house in DeSoto. Spent the afternoon there. Had a uh, had a couple hours with her, and then came down here to my dad's house. It's uh, a little a little bit outside of town in Midlothian, Texas. If you're from the Dallas area, you'll know what we're talking about, just south of town. And uh, it's funny because you know I, I grew up in Dallas, and it, as you as you get older, you start to have this. Uh, funny realization of what people think Dallas, Texas is like, or Texas in general, people that have never been, you know, I remember growing up and people asking if I had like cows or a, a, a ranch or something like that. I was like, no, like <laughs> just live in a normal town. But it's funny, my dad, who spent much of his time in, in, uh, in Plano and uh, kind of the, the north side of town, once he got a little bit older, he moved out here to Midlothian. And this is, uh, I'm sitting in his office right now to sit down and record this. And as I look out, the sun is setting. There's a uh, a little bit of a pond back here. I guess you'd say lake, but it's not it's not huge. I mean, I think there's ten or fifteen houses built around it, so it's not tiny. It's not like a little tiny pond. I mean, there's there's fish in it. He's got a little bit of land. He's got. I mean, it's to be honest, it is kind of what I think people think of uh, when they think of Texas. You know, you got this kind of big sprawling backyard and a lake back there. But uh, but it's pretty cool, man. As I sit here, I can see my son down there on the on the uh, pier with my with my dad. They're doing a little fishing uh, off the pier, so um, pretty pretty cool scene here. Pretty pretty awesome way to uh, spend this holiday week. And then, like I said, we'll do uh, we'll do the jujitsu tournament on Saturday morning. Little man's doing the the gi and the no gi division, so that's always fun to go watch him compete. And uh, man, it's just a beautiful Thursday night in Dallas. It's 70 degrees out here in Dallas, which is amazing because it was actually kind of cold back home in Vegas. Uh, the Cowboys are playing on Thursday night, so once we wrap up here, we'll. Sit down with my family and watch a Cowboy game, which I haven't done in a long time, watching with them. So, pretty cool little weekend. And then, of course, it'll all lead into UFC 245 next week. So, uh, cool cool couple days off. I'm still going to help out, help out on the weekend. The young Mike Bond is out there in Washington, D.C. We'll talk about UFC on ESPN 7 in just a second. There's some other things I want to get to first since I'm not out there on the ground. But on Saturday, I will be working. I'll be working from uh, my mom's house, but I will be assisting with coverage with those guys, like I said, uh, Mike Bond is on site, and of course the rest of the team will be supporting him from back home. So, uh, by the way, how about that? Episode number 245, one week before UFC 245. Kind of cool how it all synced up, man. I think th- thinking back 245 episodes ago, 245 weeks, crazy, man. Then it lines up one week apart. I was kind of thinking maybe we should just 
take a week off, but I've never taken a week off. Not in 245 consecutive weeks have I not done a podcast on Thursday night. So I, I, I felt kind of guilty taking a week off. And then and I thought, well, maybe we'll just call this a and a half. But that wouldn't make any damn sense. There ain't no, there ain't no uh, MMA to talk about. So, uh, yeah. So we come up one week short. By sheer chance, we come up one week short of 245. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to next week as well. We'll really – uh, knock it out of the park there. So, listen. Past week was uh, was was slow in MMA. I mean, we know we had the holidays, and uh, it was good to get a little break. I mean, hey, after 2:45, and then of course South Korea, um, it's it's we're gonna have a couple weeks off. So that's good. But uh, there was still quite a bit going on. To be honest with you, I I, I um I've really been getting into grappling a lot more. To be honest with you, I, I don't know how many people are are into the grappling aspect of things, and I understand it can be. A little slow at times. I mean, I think people's the, the the most exciting aspect of mixed martial arts for most people is the striking aspect of it, and I, and I get that. I think honestly, it's because my kid's doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, and, and 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 you know he does Nogi as well. I think honestly, like being in his classes and and seeing him and seeing the struggles and, and watching him develop, it reminds me of. I mean, it's been twenty years since I've trained, but uh, you know, just seeing people learn those lessons and, and remembering. You know the the you know it's kind of a played out cliche, but the physical chess that is the grappling game. I mean, it's it's fun, man. The, the, you know, seeing people learn how to get out of positions and learning new submissions and and uh, it's I don't know, it's fun. And, and so I think because I've been watching my son so closely and watching him learn those lessons, it's given me a better appreciation for the subtle nuances in in, in what you're watching when other people are grappling. You know. Um, and I and I, I am happy to see that the grappling is proliferating a little bit because to me, you know, that gives these fighters an opportunity to to stay involved in the game. You know, I, I think a, a guy like Jake Ellenberger, who's been you know competing in some grappling things, and um, the, the guys from MMA Junkie Radio caught up with him. Jake is Jake is out in Vegas now, which I didn't realize. He was a longtime SoCal guy, uh, and I think he was at Extreme Couture. The guys from MMA Junkie Radio caught up with him, and um, you know, he said, "Listen, I I don't have a desire to fight anymore." Um, they asked him about bare knuckle uh, boxing, which is another place that I think guys are, are you know kind of extending their careers, but I think in a in a much less safe manner, at least cosmetically, much less safe for them. And he he straight up said, "Listen, I am I am not really interested in doing that." It was funny. By the end of it, he did. I won't say he backed off a little bit, but I think he did realize. Well, maybe I shouldn't burn the bridge just in case a really big paycheck comes. But his initial thing was, I I, I don't want to do bare knuckle boxing. But he said, "Listen, I do miss that competition." You know, I think a guy like Jake Ellenberger, who competed his whole life in wrestling, and then of course mixed martial arts forever. And, you know, for him to have the ability to compete in these grappling matches and stay involved and, of course, make some money. I mean, that's important. You know, c- c- keep having income. Um, but but I think it's fun to see those people be able to continue to compete. And and this past weekend, uh, I mean, another – you know, I hate to put him in the same example as Jake Gellinger, but Luke Rockhold, who has said, doesn't really know what the future of his career is going to hold. Um, Luke Rockhold competed at Polaris 12, um, and that's on uh, Fight Pass. By the way, the, the guy that he was fighting, Nick Rodriguez – an absolute animal. I mean, this dude is a monster. I think only been only been training in jujitsu for like 18 months. Uh, I believe he's a blue belt at this point, but uh, got silver at uh, at the at the Abu Dhabi's this last year. So I mean, the guy's an absolute phenom. I mean, he has some wrestling experience, but the dude is just a beast. Um, and and the match was not the greatest match of all time by any question. But again, those subtle nuances, man. Knowing those moments of tension. Knowing what's there and 
and uh, you know, kind of what's at stake with each movement, with each potential mistake. I don't know. It makes it exciting for me. So it was good, and it was it was really. If, if you didn't see the match, um, like I said, I guess if you're not a, a grappling fanatic, you know, maybe it's not necessarily worth tuning in. But I, I enjoyed it, and and Luke got cut very early on, clash of heads, uh, and he got a, a cut over his right eye. And it's wild because it's not like an MMA fight where they've got cut men just on the ready. I mean, you don't see a lot of cuts. I mean, the, the, the clash of heads obviously the most easiest way for it to happen, but you don't you don't see a lot of cuts like that. So it took a second to get a cut man in place to, to, to go help him out, you know, somebody to take a look at it. And it wasn't bad. I mean, it was definitely open and it was bleeding a little bit. Uh, but it, it was kind of cool because Luke definitely, I think, you know, it's one of those moments where if he wanted out because the guy he was going with was bigger and was and and was incredibly powerful, um, and I think if Luke had wanted to bow out, it would have been one of those things where ah oh, damn, you know I didn't, you know I wanted to go on, but this cut man, I I don't know, uh, but he didn't, he didn't play it up at all, man. In fact, he was like, somebody give me some effing Vaseline, you know? Don't you guys want to see this match go on? Give me some Vaseline, let's close it up. So it was cool to see, and um, you know, Luke really wanted to get this fight on the ground. He was willing to give up the takedown so that he could work from guard. And so literally at points in the match, he's, he puts his hands down by his side and, 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 and sticks his leg up in the air and just, like, offers his leg up. Like, hey, come on, take it, take it. And uh, Nick Rodriguez didn't didn't want to do that. Uh, he he kind of wanted to work the clinch position and uh, the collar ties and that sort of thing. And some of those collar ties even coming in, I mean, they were getting really close to, to being punches. Uh, they were they were clasping hold of the neck and the head very very hardly as the arms moved in. They weren't they weren't grabbing it slightly. So anyway, I, I thought it was fun to watch. Um, but so you know, I, I I'm happy to see you know grappling proliferate a little bit, and, and I think it's fun to watch. Um, Quintet Fight Night was also this past weekend. Uh, it was over in Japan. Um, we're we're going to see some Quintet next week, but uh, Sotara Yamada. It was was an absolute machine during this thing. Now, the, the quintet format is that five-on-five five format. It's team versus team. Um, but if you win, you stay on. So you could knock out two, three, four people, uh, even five people. Like Gordon Ryan, I think, if I remember, recently like, went through a whole team of people. And it's cool to just see one challenger after another and a guy stays on. Of course, like you see in sparring, you know, fresh guys coming in and, and, and the guy that stays in there, he's getting tired because, I mean, this stuff is full strength, 100%. But uh, it was fun to watch him and, and actually – there's a video up on Junkie. If you want to see just one move, uh, it, there was a blue corner piece. You can you can you can Google uh, the name of it was video. This double submission from Sotara Yamada looks absolutely terrifying. Um, and the guy got a a calf slicer and a rear naked choke submission at the exact same time. So if you can imagine that, imagine being on your belly and your your leg is folded up to your butt basically. So you're getting that calf slicer, but then somebody is also on your neck. Uh, and you get the rear naked choke as well. So uh, absolutely terrifying to see. It looked like a horrible position to be in. Uh, and obviously he got the submission in that position. So kind of a cool little video there. And uh, Yamada, man, that dude is a that dude's a monster and fun to watch as well. So uh, also that same card, Kazushi Sakuraba and Takanori Gomi, they had a little uh, kind of a legends meeting. They called it an, an Ironman meeting. Uh, Sakuraba, who came up with Quintet, is testing – uh, new rules. I mean, he he created this entire concept. He said, "Look, I wanted to try something different." They, they called it an Iron Man match, and it was only five minutes. But in that five minutes, they basically instead of just submission ends it, they they go to see how many um, submissions they can get within uh, that five minutes. And uh, so it just keeps going. So submission doesn't end the match. You just stop the clock and you keep going. And you see how many you can go. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I thought the concept was kind of fun. That way, if you get caught in one pad position. 
you know, you can still maybe fight out of it. You know, you know maybe you give up the submission just so you know you can reset and get one of your own or whatever. So, uh, obviously, you know, uh, Sakuraba and Gomi are uh, a little bit up there at this point in time. So, that's why they only went five minutes. I think a normal match is eight minutes. So, it uh, might be more fun to see under those rules. And I will say this. It did look to me uh, – so, it was – to give it away if you haven't seen your whatever. It was 1-1. One, one, and then uh, it, it was 1-1. One, one, uh, going into the the very very end of it, and then uh, Gomi taps to a footlock like right at the bell, and uh, <laughs> I'm not saying he threw the match, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I, if 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 you're a grappling expert, hit me up on Twitter at MMA Junkie John. Tell me what you thought. You can send me a direct message if you want. My my DMs are open to anybody that wants to, or or you can just hit me up in some mentions or whatever. But um, I think he just kind of tapped out of like just giving respect to Sakuraba, you know, like it's his concept. They're they're buddies. They're actually going to be on the Team Pride team together at Quintet Ultra. I don't know. Just the t- it didn't look that tight to me. And uh, I mean, it's entertainment. It's not like it matters anyway. But um, I don't know. It was just kind of funny. So, um, by the way, brief mention. Speaking of Fight Pass, if, if you haven't logged on in the last couple of days. Uh, make sure you do. It's totally. It's the the new one just rolled out. You know they've been working on it for quite a long time. I think I'd mentioned before that I had had some meetings with those guys about what they were planning, um, and they're planning some big stuff next year, man. Um, I, I think they've got like a dozen uh, new original shows uh, in the works. They're pretty excited about some of the people that are involved in it. They're being very very hush hush about it. And as I understand, they're kind of finishing out the the, the proof of concept on some of them. I mean, obviously. You know, Dana and, and, and the rest of the crew over at the UFC have to sign off on what they're doing, but they've been, you know, they've been planning and testing and and, and mapping out. And they've got like, I think they said like a dozen new original series planned uh, to roll out in 2020. So um, we'll see. They got big plans for it, and they got a, they got a lot of content on there, man. A lot of a lot of fighting content. Um, I find it exciting. I mean, they're definitely ramping up on boxing. I mean, uh, we know, of course, the launch is of boxing, and we know that. You know, Dana and Floyd Mayweather are, are, are going to do business together. Um, I'm sure Fight Pass is going to play a big part of that, and they're loading up a boxing. So if you're a boxing guy, there's a lot of it. I'll be honest, I'm not a huge boxing guy. Um, I, I mean, I enjoy, obviously, the highest level. Um, but, like, I, mixed martial arts, man, I don't know what it is. Like, the, I, can, I can watch the lowest level, man, and, 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 and you know, see people develop and watch the, the growth from the amateur ranks on up. I mean, I love doing the tough enough fights and seeing – you know that kind of next crop of talents. I don't have that same passion for boxing. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly why. Um, so I don't necessarily watch all the boxing content that's on there. There's there's a bunch, but they do have some top level fights. They they do. They have some big fights, and you gotta think once Dana and Floyd start working together, they're gonna have some even bigger fights. So I'm sure I'll be tuning into those. Um, but quite a bit of boxing content on there. Um, there's Muay Thai. Letway is awesome. That is crazy, man. Uh, over in Myanmar, it's the the, the bare knuckle kickboxing um, that allows headbutts as well. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's uh, it's brutal and it's uh, it's I don't know. I, I do find that entertaining. Muay, Muay, it is weird that I don't like boxing that much because Muay Thai is the the initial martial art that got me uh, into to martial arts and to um, eventually transitioning to MMA when MMA uh, was born basically because I didn't uh, it wasn't even around when I when I first saw Muay Thai so. Uh, anyway, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. I was talking about Fight Pass. Um, check it out. Like I, I, you know, it's there's. It just rolled out. I think um, Wednesday morning was kind of the soft rollout of it, 
And then today they made a, a formal announcement, today being Thursday, um, they kind of made a formal announcement. Um, I've seen some complaints. The biggest thing I believe is that, uh, well, first of all, change is always tough. There's, of course, especially with websites, man, you get so used to how to navigate them and how to use them. I mean, trust me, every time we've ever made a change to MMA Junkie, I see the feedback. I mean, I, hell, I might even have it myself sometimes where I'm so used to going to one place of the site and now it's somewhere else. I get it, man. There's going to be some complaints. I think the chief complaint that I saw somebody uh, on Twitter make was that as you search through some of the old fights, I guess the fights are listed by the event poster, which is cool. Like the artwork looks nice, but it's not necessarily the most practical because it might not have the event name or the event number, depending on the organization, like very clearly on there. Um, and I, I think that's fair. Um, I did hear, uh, and I think I think it was our own Dan Tom that was voicing some frustration of uh, not being able to individually find fights uh, on cards. I, I think, you know, there used to be a card list. I think he said that was part of the issue. Then also markers within. I know they used to have, um, you know, round one starts here, round two starts here, round three starts here. Here's a flurry. Here's a submission. Uh, which, may, I mean, maybe they could get away from the flurry submission part, but... Yeah, yeah, at least the rounds and stuff. That's got to be marked on there. But um, listen, I think it's going to be an ongoing project, and and I will say, visually, it looks a lot better. The player, I'm not, a, I'm not a tech guy by any stretch of the imagination, but that flash player, man. Um, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching Fight Pass, I would always, and ugh, I'm 41 years old. I'm tech is starting to pass me by. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure there were settings that I could have fixed this, but I would always get the question about. Um, uh, allow the player here, you know, so it was like I'd open up the page and then I'd have to like hit the browser to allow the permission and then refresh the page. And then sometimes even once I refresh the play page, the player in there would say like, you know, control click here to allow. So I, it was just like a multiple step process. That doesn't happen anymore, man. You, you fire up the fight and boom, it's flowing. Um, and the other thing I really, really liked about it. And again, I got on a plane this morning. I've been with my family. So I only got to play with it a little bit yesterday. Um, but the the player you can you can resize the window exactly the way you want it, and that's big to me, um, because generally anytime I'm watching some fights, I'm usually doing something else. Unless it's oh hell, even when it's live fights, I'm I'm recapping them, so I'm yeah I'm I'm doing something else. But normally I'm multitasking and doing certain things, so it was always hard for me to get the window exactly the size that I wanted it. Now you can drag that thing exactly where you want it on the screen, exactly the size you want. It responds perfectly. Um, so that part of it's pretty cool. So anyway, uh, just a heads up. If you haven't gotten in there, um, jump in there. Jump in there, play with it. And uh, yeah, get ready for next week. Quintet Ultra. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm stoked about that. Like I said, my, my, my passion for grappling is growing. I've always liked this concept. Um, but, I, but I really do think I'm really starting to, like I said, develop more of a passion for grappling. And I'm pretty sure it's just from watching my son. But uh, but I loved this. I loved the Quintet concept from the beginning, the five-on-five, five, the team aspect of it. It makes it fun to me. Um, and again, you know, the winner stays on and the way they do weigh-ins is it's, it's a total team weight, but they don't make concerns about individual weights along the way. So, you know, I think the last time they did one in Vegas, we didn't get it, uh, but there was a very real possibility that I, I believe the way it worked is if that, if Faber had beaten Sakuraba, that Faber would, was to go against Josh Barnett next. I mean, so you can imagine, like, Faber and Barnett out there grappling. I mean, it's it's freak show stuff, right? It's old-school Japan stuff. I mean, that's it's Sakuraba's baby. You know, he comes from that mindset. And I, I thought that would have been cool to see. But if I recall correctly, uh, Faber and Sakuraba drew. 
So they were both eliminated. In case of a draw, both guys are off the mat and the next two go on. So anyway, but the, the Quintet Ultra, I'm super excited about. It's Thursday night in Las Vegas. It's Red Rock uh, is where it's at. Um, team UFC versus Team Pride versus Team Strike Force versus Team WEC. So it'll be two uh, kind of semifinal rounds where the, the two teams match up and then they'll advance to the finals. There's some single matches in there as well. They haven't released uh, the full rosters yet, but there's some, some pretty fun names on there already. Um, and, uh, I, I, I just want to say like, so I haven't heard the team draw yet. Um, I don't know if they've made that official. I haven't seen it, but I, I, it has to be UFC versus pride in the first round, right? Just for the simple fact that we always used to have that fantasy matchmaking of like UFC versus pride. It's gotta be UFC versus pride. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so, uh, no offense to team strike force or team WC, but they can, they can uh, fight it off over there on the other side of the bracket, but you got to have UFC versus Pride, uh, at least in my my humble opinion. So, uh, I, I will say there wasn't a lot of MMA, but there was some stuff going on. Uh, it was to me a very interesting week. It started out with, um, I guess for me, for me after the last time that we uh, we spoke on last week's episode, the next day. Tito Ortiz took to Twitter and absolutely trashed MMA Junkie. Took, took to Twitter and took to Instagram and said, uh, I'll, I'll read it here. It says, MMA Junkie are clickbait scumbags. Fighters beware these guys are as dirty as it gets. Um, and that was because he had done an interview with TMZ and Farad Hanun had, had picked up on the story. Um, in there, he, he gave this quote and, and it was in the story and then if, if you've seen on our social media feed, Twitter, especially Instagram, we'll do these little graphic cards. Um, just to pull a quick quote from a story, you know, kind of generate some interest, share some news for people that don't click all the way through. But the quote from Tito Ortiz was, um, I think I can beat John Jones. If people say, oh, Tito, expletive, you're over the hill, whatever, come to my camp. Come train with me. I push myself harder than I push myself through my whole career. And that's what it was in response to. Um, and I, to be honest, man, I mean, look, I know Tito's a fiery guy, and I know he gets defensive sometimes, and he, people take shots at him. And I will say, I saw the comments. I, I, I saw the comments that he was tagged in after this where people were just talking trash about him, like, ah, you're delusional, you're delusional, you're delusional. Um, a, a, a guy that works with him, JT actually, tagged me in a further reply to that um you know saying hey man can you explain this this is garbage you know why would you do this Tito's always been respectful and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit but he called us to Matt and, and I had nothing to do with the story but he tagged me in it him and I've had um contact over the years and and, and I respect him he's a good dude um and I respect him man. I think he was just sticking up for his guy so no hard feelings there whatsoever man I, I totally get it um, but but I did respond. I said, listen, I'm actually confused why it's being called clickbait. Um, I actually thought it was a pretty cool quote from Tito saying, hey, you think I'm over the hill? Come work with me in the gym. I believe I can go with anyone in the world. That's a great look into the mindset of a fighter. And that's honestly the way I feel about it. So I was a little bummed um, that Tito was was upset about it. I mean, you hate to see anybody trash, trash the website that you work for. Uh, man, I've, I've, I've been there for so long, man. Uh, you know, it's obviously I take a lot of pride in, in the MMA junkie brand and what we do. And I won't say that we get it right all the time. We don't, we make mistakes along the way. Um, I will say, I even talked to our team, you know, the, the thing I did notice was that on the Instagram graphic, um, I, th I think in our Instagram post, 
there was like an emoji in there with kind of a, a blank face or whatever. And, and I thought, you know, maybe that's what he took offense to. You know, maybe maybe we don't necessarily need to have that emoji there that kind of acts like we're, we're like we're editorializing a little bit, you know, um, that we're adding our our opinion in there. Because I do think that is, is a good look into the into the mindset of a fighter. Is it, I mean, yes, Tito is, is 44 years old and yes, he's fighting this weekend at Compact Americas against uh, you know, a former wrestler. So, I mean, at this point, it's it's almost like sideshow fights for him. But, you know, he's getting paid, and that's what matters first and foremost. He's getting paid. Um, but it, it, to me, that's the mindset you have to have. You, you know, we spend a lot of time around these athletes, man, and I, and I respect the hell out of them. And I do think that people forget sometimes, you know, th- that these, these, these guys and girls are, are human beings, you know, and – um, man, you know, Roxanne Motifari, uh, you know, she, she helps coach my son over at Syndicate MMA. And, you know, I've had conversations with her, you know, like when the, when the Macy Barber fight announcement came out, she's like, man, everybody on my social media feed just, just shitting on me that you're going to lose, you suck, you this, you that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that sucks. <laughs> I, I, you know, I get crappy comments every now and then on, on, on Twitter and it's, you know, it's one one hundred, they're one one thousandth, and I see those comments, and I'm like, dude, what, what, are you, what are you coming at me for? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so for people to trash these fighters, I think it sucks, man. I think that's the downside of social media. It's so cool that people can interact with fans, um, but it sucks that people have access to just talk trash to you as well. Um, and to be honest, it's probably one reason I don't do social media as much as as I should or could, because I, I, man, I enjoy the hell out of talking fights. I enjoy the hell out of talking this sport. It's the reason I do this podcast. You know, it's not like we're getting rich off this thing, but I enjoy doing it. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm here in my family's house, <laughs> sitting here talking MMA because I enjoy it. You know, um, and, and that's the same passion that these athletes have for it. But to me, if you're going to compete and you're going to be at the at, at, at step in the cage against anybody, you have to have that mindset that Tito Ortiz has. You have to say, look, I can beat the best in the world. You know, and yeah, you lose, you lose. Ah, yeah, but man, if I had just changed this. Man, if I had just fixed that. Man, if I had just done this a little bit different. I don't think there's anything wrong with that mindset, man. I, I actually respect the hell of it. And so I was bummed that Tito took it the way he did. Um, I will say as well, clickbait. That is, if, if someone writes a catchy headline, that is not clickbait. That is a catchy headline. And that is what people need to do because, listen, uh, we, we spend time researching and writing and doing things, and if nobody ever clicks on it, nobody ever reads it, why are we writing it? So if somebody does a catchy headline or finds an angle that is interesting that, that makes you, huh, I want to click on that. I, wa- I want to see what that's about. That is not clickbait. <laughs> that that frustrates me right there that people use that term clickbait. It's it's uh it's I think I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's uh it's the, the fake news of another era. You know now people just throw oh fake news fake news fake news. Oh no no. Clickbait is when something is 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 basically like false advertising. Like you you think you're gonna get one thing from a story. Or you think you're gonna get one thing from you click on it and then you go there and it's something different. It's it's something totally. Uh, you know, not what you were expecting at all or not what was promised. That's clickbait, okay? That is clickbait. <laughs> Getting you to click on something is our job as a journalist, uh, or at least as a website operator. You know I mean? As, as a journalist, we, we have other responsibilities, but once you get the stuff on paper and you put headlines to it, come on, man, you're trying to get something. So it's not clickbait. So that, well, let's just throw that out there. 
But, man, for him to come at us and say, oh, scumbags, and as dirty as it gets, oh, man. You know, I again, it, it doesn't, I mean, look, if fighters don't like us, they don't like us. We're not here to make friends. You know, we're not here to be buddies. That's not what this is about. But uh, you would hope that somebody that, that puts in that much work would also appreciate the work that we put in, man. It's, you know. It's a it's a it's a dream job to get to to work in this sport. Yes, man, I love the sport. And I'm so happy that I get to make a living at it. But it's a lot of work too, and uh, I, I I would I would hope that uh, that he would be appreciative of that. Obviously, Tito's been in the game for a long time, so I was I was bummed to see that. But I just want to say personally, and and I, obviously not even I expect Tito to hear this, but just that I think in his, as in a, in a general rule, I, I think it's I think that's the attitude you have to have. I mean, why would you go in the cage thinking, oh, man, this dude is going to whip my ass. Like, I don't even know why I signed up for this. Like, I, I, I had no chance in hell. This was ridiculous. I mean, you can't go in there with that mindset. That's not the way you can think. And even if you're not talking about the fight itself, just on a daily basis, man, the grind that these guys and gals go through, man. If you don't believe that you belong at the highest level, then what are you doing out there? What are you, what are you, what are you doing, you know? Two-a-day practices, three-a-day practices, uh, you know, strength and conditioning, uh, you know, the, the taking the proper rest and recovery, the dieting steps, the weight cutting. Why would you do all that if in your heart you believe, like, it's a waste of my time, dude. I can't even believe I'm doing this. Like, I suck so bad at this. I can't even believe people give me a, a bout agreement. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Come on. So, uh, anyway, that was how the week started. <laughs> was was Tito Ortiz slamming us? I wish he hadn't. Uh, obviously, everybody's entitled to their position. We're not trying to make friends out there. But I promise you, we at MMA Junkie do not strive to be scumbags, and we do not want to be as dirty as it gets. We uh, we I hope that we hold ourselves to higher levels for that. Um, I'd hate seeing that. And then the the week continued with a, a kind of a very interesting step for me. You know, I got it. I got an unexpected call. Uh, from the family of Glenn Robinson. Um, of course, Glenn Robinson uh, passed away uh, last year. Uh, he was the founder of the Black Zillions. Um, and his wife and his daughters reached out um, through a mutual friend uh, that, that we both have, uh, gave her my number, and, and they reached out and said, hey, listen, you know, we recently came across this statement and it, it hurt our family and it was a statement from Colby Covington and said listen we, we we've thought long and hard about it and we don't um, we don't necessarily want to play into Colby's game um, but this the, we, we feel the need to say something and the, the quote um, I, as I'm sure uh, most people have probably seen by now is that you know, he's he's going to uh, Glenn Robinson is going to be watching the fight with Kamaru Usman uh, and Colby Covington from hell. And he said it at a press conference um, in New York. And I remember at the time when he said it, thinking, "Oh God, like come on, man, that's too far." But then, of course, there was a lot going on that weekend, uh, and so it kind of flew under the radar. I mean, I think we wrote about it a little bit, but I'll be honest with you. It didn't stick with me maybe the way it should have because I remember when he said it thinking, eh, God, this is over the line, Colby. This is over the line. Um, and, and, you know, obviously everything that happened with Mazidal and Diaz and all the other things, I mean, it kind of just, just got buried, you know. Um, 
but it was too much. And so the family issued a statement, and we and we have it. If you haven't read it, um, there's a story on MMA Junkie that says Glenn Robinson's daughters, the Colby Covington, don't use our father's death to promote UFC 245. And and basically, you know, the the, the full statement is there. Um, but the, the, the kind of the meaty part of it to me, man, where they get right to it. And they took the very high road, man. They really did take the high road and tried to keep it as classy as possible. But the statement said, look, the, the death of our father is still very raw. Our family is still grieving from his loss. So imagine the hurt we feel or we felt to hear such hateful words recklessly said about our father. Um, and it went on to say, listen, we understand the, excitements of, uh, the excitement of building up hype before a fight. But we are sure Colby Covington can get pressed for his upcoming fight on his own merit and without spewing hateful words toward our father, the founder of the Black Zillions. And I got to say, um, I, I, I agree. I, I, I really do agree. Um, I, I, I have been a Colby Covington supporter from day one. I, I like the guy. I really do. I think his fighting style is underrated. I knew from the beginning he was going to be a problem. Uh, just the, 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 the relentless cardio that he has, the wrestling capability that he has. I knew he was going to be a problem in the division, and, I, and I've been praising him all the way along. And, and, I, and I really mean that. The fighting skills, I like it. And the shtick, man, I even, I even got the shtick, man. I got it. Nobody was going to care about him because of his fighting style. Um, again, you know, talking about, hey, people love – striking over grappling and yes he had the amazing output of punches against Robbie Lawler um but but those weren't like you know concussive blow it wasn't Robbie Lawler throwing 500 punches at him right which I think would have been an entirely different scenario and I get why people don't necessarily like just hey man hey that guy will man he'll just keep shooting takedowns on you and he'll keep you pressed against the cage and once he gets you down he'll make sure you stay in a seated position he'll and he'll short you know punch i get why people don't necessarily love it so he had to take a little bit of a shtick man he had to develop a character and i think you know he dabbled in some pro wrestling um it's self promotion and it is part of the game but there is a line and 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 we've talked about it over the years in this podcast i look i am not the most politically correct guy and i am not somebody that's going to sit here and say that Oh, he, he, he might have hurt his feelings there. No, I get it, man. You got you have to promote. You do. You have to. And anybody at this point in the game that says you don't, man, they're, they're just going to get passed over. If you believe that it's just about wins and losses and, hey, man, you know, and I see less and less people saying this, but there are still some that say it, that, you know, hey, man, I, it's not, that's not my style. And, and I get it. it. You shouldn't be fake. Like if it's not you, it's not you. But you have to engage in some form of self-promotion. Whether you can, it can be. It doesn't have to be trash talking. But you have to do something to help keep your name out there. The the organizations themselves, and I'm talking about all of them. The UFC, all of them. They just don't have the wherewithal with as many things as they have to do, and as much you know, as many bodies they have on the roster to help promote everybody individually. Of course, the big stars that start getting attention, they're going to get behind. I mean. How easy is it for the UFC to promote Conor McGregor at this point? How easy is it to promote Jorge Masvidal at this, mo- at this moment? It's easy, right? But those guys had a lot to do with getting themselves to the forefront. you got to get yourself to the forefront. Then the organization is going to get behind you. It doesn't necessarily start the other way around. With rare exceptions, you know, a Ronda Rousey, of course, I think had the assistance of the promotion from almost day one, you know, but that, that doesn't happen very often. So you have to get yourself out there. It's not just about wins and losses. And I think you know, Colby Covington did a great job of getting himself out there. But there is there is a line. There is a line. Race, religion, you know, sexuality. Uh, 
It doesn't need to happen. And when you're talking about somebody's father that died a year ago, man, I mean, I'm sitting right here. As I said, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, here, here I am. I am at my father's house right now as, as, as I'm recording this, as I'm talking. And, you know, obviously things are inevitable with everybody in life. But, you know, you want to talk about family. You want to talk about, especially when it's fresh like that. They don't deserve that. They don't deserve. They're not part of the game. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm trying to think like if they were part of Usman's family. I mean, then it still wouldn't be. You just there has to be a line. To me, there has to be a line. There has to be a line. And and again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be one of these. You know. Soft people that <laughs> say, "Oh gosh, my feelings are hurt," and what do they say? Uh, clutching your pearls or whatever. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But there has to be a line, man. There has to be a line. And and the the terrible thing is that I don't know if there's really any way to enforce it. I mean, first of all, they're, they're not employees, so what do you do there? I mean, you have no real power to enforce any kind of uh, real uh, punishment for them. And second of all, it just it ends up making fights bigger. You know, I mean, the worst moments in our sport end up creating the biggest hype but to me man there just has to be a limit and boy i i i tell you what if, if you want to dig through my mentions of of uh <laughs> on twitter so again the story goes out and and i'm tagged in it as an author um which is which is cool i mean no big deal it says like you know via mma junkie john or whatever that's fine but then you end up caught in the conversation that goes back and forth, and and it didn't, you know it ends up being so much you can you can barely follow along with the conversation or get in the conversation. But um, you know I'd scroll through mentions every now and then and, and take a look at some of what was happening, and it was it was man both sides of it, and I was I was surprised. I mean, on the one hand there were people saying, listen, this is too far, and the only way I can prove it's too far is that I can not buy the pay per view. Ah, that's tough, man. That's tough. We love this game. You want to watch the fights, but I guess that is true. I mean, speaking with your dollars is the only way to show. Like, if you hate Colby Covington, um, first of all, I will say this: don't click on the stories. Now, please click on the stories. <laughs> that's how we get paid. But I mean, that's across the board. I mean, n- not that we intentionally do it on purpose, you know. But if people click well, we're going to continue to write about them. If every time we write, I mean, there are some like. Conor McGregor tweets. I mean, now that he's booked again, things have changed. Like I'm, ex- I'm, I'm, I'm cool talking about Conor again. All right, now, listen. There's still, there's still issues. Uh, one of our, one of our longtime listeners, a good buddy, reached out and said, "Listen, hey, um, I, I, you know, I love you, bro. You know, I respect you, but I'm not down for this Conor stuff until this, you know, sexual assault slash, you know, rape allegations are cleared up. And that's, that's legitimate, man. If he's you know, I mean, he's going to have to answer those questions. Like, they need to be asked of him. You know, when when he speaks to the media, he, he's going to have to address those. Now, again, he hasn't been formally charged with anything. Not even, not even, not proven guilty. He hasn't even formally charged. But there have been reports from legitimate journalists linking into it. So you you got to ask about that. So, um, but we don't necessarily. I I got tired of writing about Connor when he was not booked in fights and he was talking about you know, whatever, but, but not booking fights, right? But it, every time we did it, it got clicks. It got clicks, so we have to keep writing about it. So if you don't want if you don't want people to see certain coverage, don't don't click on it. I know that's kind of hard to do. People want to hate click, but 
Uh, people, it, it's funny. People jump in the comment section to just talk trash, and uh, that's not necessarily you know beneficial. If that's not what you want to see. But anyway, to me, there just has to be a, a, a line, and um, you know. Again, I, 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 as a person, I like Colby Covington. I've supported his journey along the way, man. I, I really have. Um, I've, I've enjoyed talking to him. And like I said, man, the, the guy always shows up early to interviews, man. He's always uh, very cordial, you know, off camera, uh, very polite. Um, and, and I think, you know, everybody knows he's been he's been playing a character, if that's how you want to say it, you know, to promote himself. But, um, man, I just feel like the character's gone a, a little bit too far, man. And, uh I, I just I hate for this to be the example, man. Dial it back a little bit, you know. Dial it back just just a little bit, just a little bit. Well, yes, we need promotion, we need entertainment, but uh, it's too much for me. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have plenty of time to talk about that next week at 2:45. I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, one other uh, kind of interesting topic, kind of a smaller thing. Like I said, it wasn't a, a busy week with busy fights, but if you didn't notice, David Branch, CB Dalloway. Both got booked for fights overseas over this past week. David Branch is going to fight in Russia. C.V. Dalloway going to fight in Japan. Well, what's notable about that? Well, of course, both of them are serving USADA suspensions right now. So they're fighting while they're under USADA suspension. They're going over to, to uh, other countries, which, by the way, there there is absolutely no requirement for other organizations, other countries, anybody else to um, to, to, to – to follow these suspensions. I mean, what the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency says does not necessarily have to be followed by anybody else. Um, the commissions in the United States are going to do it, and rightfully so. we got to try to get everybody on the same page. But internationally, uh, they're not worried about it. And you know what? I, I've, I've, I've struggled on this a little bit. Um, I, I think I'm okay with that. I, I think I'm okay with um, people going elsewhere and still collecting a paycheck. I just think if you do that, you kind of forfeit the right. Now, there's precedent that that's not the case. I mean, uh, it's happened in other other examples. You know, Vitor Belfort, I believe, Antonio Silva uh, um, fought elsewhere uh, while they were facing suspension in the United States. Now, this was a completely different era, certainly pre-USADA. Um, but I think, to be honest, if you want to go do that, because, listen, there, there there have been red flags, man. There have been red flags and question marks. And kudos to the UFC and USADA for continuing to change their policy, to evolve their policy a little bit. Um, you know, we have seen some some overhauls and some tweaks I think are making things better. Um, you know, Tom Lawler, of course, being the glaring mistake, I think that even behind the scenes, people involved with, with that case kind of admit maybe we maybe we dropped the ball now because the, the, the substance that he was suspended two years for um, is now down to like six months uh, in, in some of these more recent studies. So, uh, you know, there have been some mistakes. And I think with that in mind, I, I don't think that necessarily the suspension should end your career globally. Um, but, you know, I do think that if you make this decision to go over there and fight elsewhere, uh, A, you've got to understand that – those people may be cheating as well or have cheated in the past. I mean, David Branch signed up to fight Alexander Shlomenko, who, of course, was suspended in California as well. If I remember right, he had, like, this massive testosterone levels just off the charts. So, hey, understand, you know, what you're signing up for. And I do think you should kind of have to just understand that you're not coming back to compete in the United States. I mean, I uh, not that I'm – you know, trying to write people's careers off. Go make money, but just go make money elsewhere. You know, go make money elsewhere. And 
understand that you're kind of giving up the right unless you want to battle it. Like, you know, if you want to do if, – if you believe you're in the right and you want to do a Yoel Romero where you sue the company, I mean, if you believe you're in the right, go all the way through to the end, man. Follow every step to clear your name and, and do it. And if, you, and if you do that, then, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But if you're not if, – if you, if, you, if you believe at the end of the day, like, hey, I, I made a mistake, I, I succumbed to the pressure here, um, you know, I, I made a horrible decision – and you're willing to sit out the time and pay the price? Cool, do it, and 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 then come back and and, and take your second chance. But if you're saying, look, I, I don't want to sit out two years, I can't afford to sit out two years, whatever the case may be, cool. I I think that's fine. Go compete elsewhere. These promotions do not need to adhere to these side of guidelines. But understand um, that I that I don't think you know you, you should be able to come back and compete after that. Um, and it it you know I guess. Uh, fighter safety is the thing that concerns me the most and so that's what I do wonder about you know if 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 you know the thing that always scares me about you know drug use in mixed martial arts and and, and PED use is that you know when the worst happens and and it will and we hate to think about that you know the the absolute worst outcome i mean d- death is possible and it has happened and and it's not something that we like to talk about, I certainly don't. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it before. Kevin Ioli has, has has set ringside for multiple situations where boxers have passed after their bouts. I mean, he's seen it over and over again, and it, it's not easy. And that's one reason to me, fighter safety is always imperative. You know, it, it needs to be imperative. It needs to be paramount. Now, I, I know the arguments against saying, "Well, PED use doesn't necessarily factor into." what happens and those sort of things. Okay, and that may be true. It may be true. You know, the, the Luke Thomases of the world, I can respect him. And, and uh, you know, he's an educated guy who, uh, you know, is, is passionate about the subject. And, and that's good. I mean, he, he's, he's more knowledgeable on it than I am. I'll, I'll readily admit that uh, when it comes to the situation. He seems to think that it's not that big of a concern. Maybe it's not. I will not pretend to understand the science as much as other people do. But what I will say is that from a public perspective, that if that does happen and the fighter on the other side of the cage, the one that, that inflicts the damage, tests positive for steroids, tests positive for performance-enhancing uh, drugs, that is going to be a problem. I, you know, I don't know if it's big enough to, you know, at one point I think we thought, oh, well, this, would it kill off the sport? You know, would that mean the end of the sport? And there was a time that, yeah, it probably would. Now, maybe not. Maybe not. It's it's a little bit too ingrained in mainstream culture. I mean, it's on ESPN. It's globally. It's it's all these things. But I am telling you, that would be a horrific blow to the sport. I mean, just having that type of incident occur would be awful. And none of us want to see it. Absolutely none of us want to see it. But everybody needs to understand it's a possibility. It's another reason why I wish people would respect these fighters a little bit more than they do from time to time. It is possible. Um, hopefully, we're able to avoid it. Um, you know, as long as possible. But when it does happen, I think it'll be a really, really bad look and a bad blow and just horrific in terms of public opinion if the person on the other side of the cage tests positive. And that's that to me is is reason enough to try and keep the sport clean. Um, I understand why people say it doesn't matter, but that to me is is the reason that uh, that I think it does. 
So, all right, UFC on ESPN seven. Uh, by the way, uh, like I said the young Mike Bond is out there. So if you want to follow him on Twitter and get his updates, uh, a good card by the way. You know, not uh, I. I like this card. Um, I will be uh, working from home, so I'll be watching on TV just like you guys. Uh, well, some of you may be there, but it'll be on ESPN. What do we got? A couple couple fights on ESPN plus. Uh, starting out with Mahmoud Muradov, uh, the, the highly touted prospect against the gritty veteran there, and Trevor Smith. Uh, Verena Janjiroba versus Mallory Martin, two Invicta vets facing off. Those will be on ESPN+. And then, to me, this card gets very, very interesting. Joe Selecki versus Matt Wyman. Of course, Matt Wyman um, actually sat down and spoke with, with Mike Bond. He's kind of a, a reclusive guy, not really into the, to the media. Um, set out for many, many years. Had a, had a return to the sport, did not go his way. Finally, Bob Ross making it a bad night for him, but Matt Wyman is back. Uh, that kicks off the uh, ESPN prelims. Bryce Mitchell, uh, gotta love Bryce Mitchell, man. Thug Nasty versus Matt Sales. That's a good fight right there. A couple of uh, contender series vets, Jacob Kilburn versus Billy Quarantillo. Um, so that'll be a, a good one there. Two prospects battling. And then, of course, the final prelim of the night, Tiago Alves versus Tim Means. Two veterans of the sport, two guys that want to come and throw down. That looks like it'll be a lot of fun. By the way, Tiago, he uh, says the final fight on his contract, and he's going to fight it out. He's going to see what he's worth on the open market. Maybe it means he doesn't get another deal. Maybe it means he's nearing the end of his career, but uh, he wants to he wants to see what his value is. Did say he's opening up a gym next year in Southern Florida. He's actually uh, going to pursue a career in law enforcement as well, uh, which I've heard him mention a couple times along the way. But he says that's definitely happening. But you know, would still like to fight a little bit more. But he wants to see what his value is worth. So um, that'll be a good fight. Tiago Alves versus Tim Means. Uh, and then to me, this this main card, Rob Font versus Ricky Simone. That's a great fight right there. Of course, Ricky Simone trying to bounce back from loss. Uh, you know, he had the, the disappointing man. He was undefeated in the UFC. Uh, and then he, he, he got the California kid in his return fight, and it did not go well for him. But uh, he's coming back against Rob Font, who, who just had the win over Sergio Pettis. So uh, respected talent there. That's That could be a fun fight to kick off the main card. And then Cody Stangman versus, ah, oh, the MMA Junkie Roadshow favorite. The MMA Junkie Roadshow. Who used to MMA junkie? It's my roadshow, goddammit. It's the <laughs> it's the MMA roadshow with John Morgan. Uh, but <laughs> it just goes to show how much the brand is part of me. But song you dong. I mean, you got to get excited talking about your dong, right? I mean, you, you can't talk about your dong and just not start dropping jokes. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just that that's just how immature I am. I, I just I can't mention your dong and not giggle a little bit. That's the kind of jokes I like. But listen. Don't take it from me. If you want, if you want to break down, listen. It, you don't even have to. Tr- that, this is what is so great about song Yadong. You don't even have to be trying to make jokes. Listen to this. I, I, I happen to be, <laughs> I happen to be overhearing this. This was a uh, a, a breakdown uh, on the Anakin Florian pod, pat, podcast. Two good friends of mine. Uh, and this is the honorable uh, Kenny Florian breaking down the fight and John Anik talking about it as well. They're not even trying to make jokes, and it's funny. You can't help it. Check it out. All right, next fight is also at Bantamweight. We will have Ken Flo lead here. The aforementioned Cody Stamen, the plus 155 underdog, taking on the 22-year-old Chinese sensation Song Yadong, Yadong, minus 190. Song Yadong or Cody Stamen, kid, who do you like? Yeah, I think Stamen can give uh, Yadong some problems here. Uh, I do think uh, he's the better wrestler, um, but he, he does get caught trading, and I think Yudong's going to be strong enough to stop these takedowns. He's with the right team. You know he's going to be working uh, on his takedown defense. Um, I like Yudong here. 
Um, and I, I think he's going to be able to outpoint him. I think he's a way more powerful striker. And uh, Stamen's got to be very careful trading on the feet with him. Ian Parker Yadong is really fun to watch live. Probably pretty fun to watch on TV, I would think, as well. He's 4-0 in the UFC, three finishes, as many bonuses, seven straight wins overall, and definitely a kid who's going to go for the finish. Stamen on the other side, I know you like wrestlers, Ian Parker. Very accomplished amateur wrestler here. 18-2 and as an MMA pro. Big spot for Cody Stamen. What do you think he does with it this weekend? You know what? I'm with Kenny on this one. As much as you're right, I have a soft spot for wrestlers. I I, I like Yudong here. I, I do. I love what I've seen out of him so far. You know, his poise for someone as early in their career as there is. Um, his striking has been devastating. Very tactical. His speed, I think, is going to be a huge factor. I think with Cody Stamen, you know, I, I just think sometimes with his wrestling, it's just too predictable. And then what happens is he just stands and he gets caught trading, like Kenny said. And against a guy like Yudong, you cannot do that. The power's there. You know, with Yudong, and I just, I don't know if Stamen is going to be able to easily get this fight to the ground and grind it out. I just don't see any other way he wins this fight. So I'm going to go with Yudong as well. He's just, he's a very exciting fighter. This is a nice test for him in regards to a, a legitimate wrestler who could threaten to put yeah. him on his back. But I just don't see Sadong be able to be outmatched here. So I'm going with, the, as you say, the Chinese sensation. You see? You see? It's going to give Yudong some problems? Yudong is going to be strong? Yadong is really fun to watch. Yadong likes to finish. It's all there, man. Come on. It's right there on the tee. <laughs> I like goofy jokes. We were flying to the air. We were flying this morning to Dallas. We were sitting in the airport. And uh, as we got up from the chair to go board, my son, who, by the way, has wandered in here as well, um, it's, he's now in here. The fishing is done. He is now in here. I think he's ready for me to go eat dinner. Uh, but uh, he was. <laughs> We got up to go board the plane. He looks down on the ground. He's like, John, look. By the way, he calls me John a lot. He, he, he calls me daddy too, but he likes John. Right, buddy? He, like, he likes John. He says it's a cool name, so I let him call me that. But he calls me daddy too. But he said, John, look, there's an almond on the floor. I was like, what? He said, there's an almond right here underneath you. There's an almond. I said, that's nuts. <laughs> you thought that was funny, right, buddy? <laughs> I like goofy jokes. All right, uh, but no, listen, that is a that is a big, big fight. And look, it just gets bigger from there. Yana Kuniskaya versus Aspen Ladd. That's a big, big fight in that division. By the way, Aspen Ladd looking good, man. I know she she is tired of talking about her weight, and and, and understandably so. Uh, she looks to be on point. We'll, we'll see. I mean, by the time most of you listen to this, of course, it will come out on Friday morning. We'll probably already know. The weigh-ins are on the East Coast, so it'll be happening early in the morning. Uh, but to me, just physically looking at her, having followed her career, uh, watching her build up, you know, social media, that sort of thing, uh, she looks good to me. And Yana Kunitskaya, uh, I see her a lot, of course, in Vegas preparing uh, at Extreme Couture, preparing uh, at, at the PI. I see her a lot. Uh, she's, she's quiet. She's reserved. She doesn't talk to people, but she works her ass off. Uh, so that, that should be a good fight. Ben Rothwell versus Stefan Strew. I mean, two absolute veterans of the sport, two big, big dudes. Uh, ben Rothwell, uh, you know, his, his man, it's been interesting to follow his career as of late, you know, talking about the way, you know, drug tests and that sort of thing can impact your career. Uh, man, you know, it's it, the emotions that he's been dealing with have been very, very intriguing over the past couple of years. Uh, again, Stefan Struve has had his own battles as well. So, I mean, two kind of guys that, you know, have skills, have talents, have incredible physical tools that uh, are, are just God-given with their size. Um but have had some issues along the way. So a big fight there. Of course, the co-main, Cynthia Cavillo versus Marina Rodriguez. 
the undefeated Marina Rodriguez. I'm impressed with her. Calvillo, though, is, is, is skilled as well and just gritty and hard as nails. Um, you know, she was kind of – she was kind of the – she had she had a, a lot of steam behind her for a long time, you know. But um, her pace has slowed for a variety of issues. Uh, she's still on 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 back to back wins, but I feel like the the steam behind her is kind of slowed just a little bit. So this would be a big opportunity for her uh, to to pick up on that, or for Marina Rodriguez, who's still relatively new to the promotion, uh, to make a statement and say she belongs. And then, of course, the main event: Alistair Overeem versus Jairzinho. Rosenstrike and Jarzinho, man, this dude is dangerous. Do not write him off. Um, if you want a, a cool preview, man, check out um, on on ESPN Plus. There's a thing called UFC Destined, uh, and I'm <laughs> I I'll be honest with you, I hate the name of it. It just is a terrible name, UFC Destined. Uh, but they've got some awesome footage, man. They they they're behind the scenes with everybody. Um, and th- and then what's really cool is they have like a preview show, and then they have a post fight show. And the post-fight show, I mean, it comes like a week or two later, and so I think that's tough because the news cycle moves on. Um, but the footage is amazing. But the pre-fight for this one, Overeem versus Rosenstrike, I thought it was really good. I happened to catch that before I left town. But uh, you learn a lot more about Jairzinho. Kind of an unknown still, right? Still relatively uh, a newcomer. But uh, you learn a little bit about him, see a little bit of his personality, see, um, you know, they've got some training footage so you can watch that. But... Um, you also get a little bit of Overeem, man, and I think Overeem is looking good, man. That move um, to, to Colorado, I think, has been very, very good for him, um, and he looks very, very good. So I'm really intrigued by this fight because Rosenstruck has the physical tools. There's no question about it. The guy is dangerous. If he lands on you, it is going to hurt, and it may end the fight. Um, but Overeem, you think about what he's been through in his career. Think about what he's seen, what he's done, and he's no longer kind of that point counter um, you know, the time that he was at Jackson's, I think that he got a little bit too, I don't know, man, like, I, too, I hate to say too tactical, but yeah, I mean, a little bit overthinking things, um, and, and I don't think that's what he's doing anymore, and, and uh, man, it was cool to see his work ethic and, and the way he still focuses on things about getting better, even at this point of his career, I mean, Overeem has that kind of uh, air about him sometimes, where you think he's kind of a uh, uh, like a like a cocky guy, you know the way he carries himself. Like ah, you know I've been there, I'm good, I've done this. Come on, man. But then you see, you know, and you talk to the people around him, and they're like, nah, this dude puts in the work, man. And he's still trying to get better, even at this point in his career. So uh, I ended up taking Overeem in this fight. I do believe that Overeem is going to be, um, you know, kind of that cut above for for Rosenstrike, where you know y- y- your raw ability and your raw uh, skills, I guess, and your raw just physical abilities get you to a certain point. But then at some point, you know, you you you, you realize, okay, hold on, this is the upper echelon, uh, and I think Overeem can be that guy. Uh, but that said, uh, if Jairzinho touches you on the chin, it's it's uh it's night night. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I do think this is a card. It's worth your time. Uh, if you've got an opportunity, I, I think honestly, man, the the, the main and the prelims are going to be worth it. I think it's going to be fun. So. Uh, this is one I would definitely try to watch. And, I mean, it's on ESPN, so even if you don't have, uh, you know, ESPN Plus, you don't pay for all that, I mean, you can TiVo it or DVR it. You can catch it. You know, even if you're one of those people that says, hey, I'm not paying for all that stuff, man, this one's there for you. You know, this is uh, – I, I guess this would be the equivalent of the, the Big Fox show, right? Like, it's not free. ESPN's not free, but most people have access to ESPN one way or another, I would think. So, uh, yeah, worth checking out. Uh, and then, of course, next week, hey – 2.45 is next week. Simon Head's going to be in town to help out 
uh, myself and uh, Cold Coffee. So that'll be fun. Always good seeing Simon Head in the mix. Uh, some other journalists I know that are making the trip as well. Our good buddy Danny Austin is going to be here, I know. So probably sneak him onto the podcast if we can. Um, but it's going to be a big week, man. I'm excited for it. And uh, again, I'm excited for Quintet. I really am. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I kind of want to do the podcast during Quintet while it's happening. But I mean, it's, it wouldn't be live. I and mean, we could maybe stream it live. Um, so I don't know if it would make sense for us to record it, you know, while it's going on. I don't know. I think it would be fun, though. But I kind of also just want to sit back and drink a frosty beverage and watch it. Like, <laughs> like I really I want to enjoy it. So maybe we'll knock it out before. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll have to, we'll have to feel it out. It's going to be a busy week. Uh, be interesting to see Jose Aldo, man. Those pictures of him moving a bantamweight. They're a little bit scary right now. They're a little bit scary. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Also, man, as the end of the year rolls around, man, we've been working on some cool content um, the decade's best fighters. We, we as the MMA Junkie crew, we we picked the, the the best fighters uh, of the decade, which is was a fun process to do. And then, you know, we're putting together some video content to support it, and some written content as well. But I think you'll like that because it's involving everybody on the staff. Like everybody's taking turns, uh, like with one fighter. So you're gonna see a little bit of FaceTime from all of us and hear from all of us. So if you weren't familiar with the full MMA Junkie team, man, you're gonna get a chance to do that. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. And also, I did a piece. Um, that I just turned in yesterday with the biggest moments of the decade, uh, which man, you think about it, boiling down ten years and uh, to to just moments, and and, and man, we, in the cage and out of the cage. I mean, there's so many big moments that have happened, you know, both behind the scenes and in the cage. So uh, it was hard to narrow it down, but it was funny to look back ten years ago when this decade began uh, in 2010. The UFC still had dark fights, if you can imagine that. Fights that did not broadcast anywhere unless you were in the building. That's the only way you got to see them. Think about that. So in 10 years, we've gone from fights that didn't get seen or prelims that were on Facebook or Ion Television or you know wherever. There were some that were just broadcast on UFC.com. I mean, that was kind of the beginning of what we have now. But there were fights that didn't get seen anywhere. And now... You know, with this ESPN Plus and streaming and the way it is now, I mean, you can literally, as long as you have an internet connection wherever you are in the world, man, you can watch every fight. So, nuts to see how that much has changed in 10 years. So, anyway, uh, all right, listen, uh, all that's upcoming. I, my, my, my son, he's ready for me to get done talking. He's done fishing. I think he, everybody's ready to go eat. Uh, we're ready to go watch some Cowboys. So, hopefully everything goes well tonight. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys all next week. And in, in the meantime, maybe, maybe we'll get together for an and a half. We'll see how things are going on Saturday. I'll be we'll see how things are going. Are my family mad at me again if I got back on here? I don't know. Maybe if it's a good one. We'll see. In the meantime, thanks for listening.